On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Deathstalker 3, The Warriors from Hell, from 1988. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. Understood. Uh, what you uh, saw in uh, Deathstalker? I always like a nice conversation before that. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 56. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster, who has now stalked death three times, Cullen. Break out the leather bikinis. We're talking Deathstalker. Today we are here to discuss the 1988 film Deathstalker 3, The Warriors from Hell. Cullen, assemble the jewels and give them the plot. The third thrilling saga of Deathstalker pits him against the evil wizard and ruler of Southland, Truxardis, and his band of undead warriors. Dashing Deathstalker is entrusted by the beautiful Princess Carissa to protect an enchanted jewel, one of three which together hold the key to the lost city of treasure. A Renan door? It's not important. Deathstalker 3, The Warriors from Hell, is directed by Alfonso Corona and stars John Allen Nelson, Tom Christopher, Carla Hurd, Terry Trees, Aaron Hernan, and Claudia Incharegui. Welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade for the start of year three. Hopefully this next year's journey is even better than before. And as we have a little tradition here, it's a death stalker time again, Cullen. It sure is, Brandon. And boy, did we stuck the hell out of some death here. This might be one of the more famed Deathstalker entries that we're covering because it was an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And usually, uh, you know, I don't like to have a whole lot of crossover because I feel like, you know, they've, they've already done stuff. But we've we've done the first two Deathstalkers and I'm the completionist before anything else. Was it just called The Warriors from Hell and Mr. Censored? I think it was just called The Warriors from Hell, even though the title card said Deathstalker and The Warriors from Hell. Yeah, that's like an alternate title they use. It was, you know, Deathstalker 3, The Warriors from Hell, and Deathstalker and The Warriors from Hell. But you know, a lot of these movies we cover may have alternate titles. Just wait for next week's. <laughs> but before we get on our Deathstalking journey, let's take a second out to hear from our good friend, Tom Labrie. Tom Labrie here. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to get hungry. It must be that time to run out to the kitchen, grab a snack, and something to drink. Before you go, though, let me ask you one question. Are you getting the best night's sleep that's available? If you're sleeping on a conventional bed, I would say the answer is no. Next question, what to do about it? Come visit our showroom and let one of our staff explain the benefits of a total flotation system. And now, let's get back to the movie. Thanks, Tom. As Death Stalker 3 begins, we have a village celebrating something with 
synth music and there's a fire breather fighting guys on a you know like robin hood and little john fight on that log but this one is not over water or anything. Arm wrestlers. It, I don't it, know. It just it's, looks like a, a renaissance fair is happening. But for real. Yeah. And this, like, a movie broke out. That's, <laughs> you know, like, like everyone got together on a Saturday. It's like, well, we're here. The cameras are here. Like, well, F it. Let's make a movie. Instead of being a stereotypical medieval movie, it looks more like a stereotypical renaissance fair. No, it, it absolutely does. <laughs> Just adding to the level of, I don't believe this is a movie. Deathstalker starts with an English accent. Literally, just the beginning of this movie, just in this scene. And then, that's it. It just goes away. So yeah, He's one of the guys fighting on the tree branch. What kind of fighting is that? That's not jousting. Jousting is where you come at each other on the horses with the sticks. But this is sparring. I- uh, pugil sticks? I think that's what they're called. If I'm wrong, correct me, folks, but I don't think I am. Maybe that's how he taunts people. He speaks British. Oh, yes. Is that right? He gets into their head, and then they realize, oh, wait, this guy's from, I don't know, Delaware. No Deathstalker has been British, either. No. So it's an odd choice. Like, like every one of these movies, I wonder to myself, did this is this supposed to take place on Earth? I mean, I don't know where else it would take place, but... At the same time, it doesn't seem, I don't know, it doesn't seem like our world. The guy he fights, he wins, and the guy accuses him of cheating, and uh, wise words from Deathstalker as always. Ah, you don't get to be a hero, my friend, playing by the rules, eh? (laughs) There are no heroes in the world of Deathstalker. We've learned this already through two movies. So we have this long-haired, gray-bearded card reader guy named Nicias, and he tells all the townspeople a terrible year for oats is on the way and then a guy gives him a coin and he flips it in the air and it disappears and then he like puts it in his pocket like is that what happened i mean yeah that, that's what it looks like he just made some kind of optical illusion and they just put the coin in his pocket however we uh, will find out very soon that he is a legitimate magician he can do magic he just chose to steal from this person he's bored this wizard he looks like gandalf the gave up he just doesn't <laughs> care and no and it makes me care less, too. The character didn't want to be a wizard, and the actor didn't want to be in the movie. That's pretty much what it looks like. Well, good news, because he's not in it that much. A hooded woman, who we find out later is Princess Carissa, enters and wanders around. And did she kiss Deathstalker? And just walk away. And he's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's, that's accurate. Because he's walking through the woods. He's trying to find her, and these kids are following him. The kids want to learn how to fight. Deathstalker's like, ah, just kind of leave me alone. And she stops at Nicias' tent. Deathstalker stops there, too. But Nicias needs to talk to her inside the tent. So Deathstalker, I guess, watches the table while they're <laughs> back there. Like, okay, I'll, I'll cover your shift. She reveals to him that she is a diamond and says she knows he has the other. And when the two stones are united, she'll use the powers for good. And then Nicias begins to give her directions and some knights show up some dark evil knights of course led by makut who has bat wings on his helmet uh, i gotta say this guy's you know he's more or less the the, the sheriff of nottingham of this movie you know he, he's he's the second batty <laughs> batty not batty he's the first <laughs> batty I, I gotta tell you, I'm not intimidated by a guy that has metal wings on the side of his helmet. It's in, incredibly impractical. Is he just a guy that's really into bats? If you were to see someone, Brandon, coming, heading up to you, wearing a metal hat with bat wings on it, would you think this is a mentally stable person at all? Hello. <laughs> 
there a, is there a princess in here? <laughs> if I see a guy wearing a hat like that, I would just think that he just doodles bats. Like, whenever he gets the chance, he's just... I mean, there's a way to make bat wings look cool on the helmet. This is not it. Like, these are coming right off, right by the eyes, where the things cut out, and they're like just these little twiggy things. If you want to make bat wings, you put them on the side of the damn helmet and have them like blades. So if he like turns around, he can cut people. This is just like, why are they there? It's like a prank played on him. Yeah, we made you a special helmet. The Dark Knight show up. Makut says he wants the wizard alive if you can, dead if you have to. And at the tent, Deathstalker throws a knife at, I thought it was Makut's head. He comes back in the movie so it wasn't him. Or it got stuck in a bat wing and not his face. And <laughs> the other knights go just killing villagers. Deathstalker's opponent from earlier in the movie is now sparring and fighting these guys. As well as one of the kids. Decius runs to escape and says to take care of the girl. And he spins around and around and disappears and he just his shoes are there that's it lots of shoes did he just run out of magic i got this amazing trick <laughs> i leave only my shoes my shoe budget is through the roof that's why i wear animal pelts to save as much money as possible because he does he like all of his other clothes go with him just for whatever reason no shoes Princess Carissa escapes to the woods. She's chased by the knights with Deathstalker behind them. And then a knight jumps off his horse to tackle her. But Deathstalker gets him with an axe. She asks him if he's heard of a secret city called Arandor, full of treasure, protected by magic. And she says she's a princess. And he goes, why is it I keep getting mixed up with princesses? Why don't they ever just skip the speeches and give me the treasure? And here we go. I'm almost... This movie's welcoming me by going, hey, we're going to be more like Deathstalker 2 than Deathstalker 1, which I welcome that. But there's a hand in making a Deathstalker 2 that's just not present here. No, because the, the second one was light and fun. The first one was just a straight up action adventure movie. This is just... <sighs> that's the genre of this movie, grunt. I think it wants to be the second one, but... Nobody knows how to make a movie that's working on this. <laughs> the writers of this movie have never written a joke. And it also doesn't help that the Deathstalker in this movie is entirely unlikable. Right. Like, like in the second one, he's, he's charismatic. He can understand why women would be into him a little bit. This one is played by John Allen Nelson, who is is, is a handsome man, but he's a, like non-threateningly handsome. He's been in a lot of stuff. One of those actors that is just constantly works a lot of bit parts but he's also had a lot of big parts too uh, he was in uh 24 for a couple of seasons well he had that show the vanishing which was based he was the lead character like most recently like, i didn't realize this until i happened to look him up he's on crazy ex-girlfriend as rebecca's dad as soon as i saw that I like, oh my god that's him what the hell's happening not one for stalking death. Or parts. No, that's true. <laughs> that's not true. He's, he stalks a lot of parts. He has been in a lot of stuff. Like Matlock. Princess Carissa says this quest was either for her or her sister. Says this quest was for her or her sister. But her sister can't even put her on her own shoes. Her people don't have a home. So her kingdom is tense that are in the mountains. Deathstalker's all about his blankets and trying to get her to shack up with him. But she's like, now. He goes, well... I never saw a princess yet. I like to sleep alone. And then a knight shows up 
and then slices Princess Carissa in the back as she's going to Deathstalker's tent. And there's two knights, actually. He asks who sent them, but before Deathstalker gets the answer, he kills one by tossing him off the cliff. And the other's caught in a trap that's set by the kid who had been following them. And we don't see this kid uh, the rest of the movie, correct? Nope, we do see him again. Uh, okay. He's constantly, this This is this kid's role, basically, because you'll as soon as you forget about him, he's going to show up and do stuff like this two more times in the movie. And they don't even follow up like, hey, thanks for being there. You just see him in a shot doing something, a knight dies, and then we're back to whatever. The princess tells Deathstalker of a magician with a magic stone and gives him hers. She goes, it's mine. It's always been mine. And she dies. So he's sad? <laughs> On a quest? I mean, we'll find out later through lines of dialogue. He, this little short two hours of knowing each other, he was really attached to this woman, apparently. Deathstalker doesn't seem to have a lot of skin in this game. He gets this crystal, like, here, do this. He's like, uh, why? Why does he care? <laughs> he doesn't seem very selfless. He seems like a pretty selfish person. Like, he's just out for himself. He's an adventurer, but he's still a turd that's just looking to get by. So I don't understand why he would do anything this dying person said to him, even though he's only known her for a few hours. We then see two evil people looking into a portal, and it recaps the events of the movie up to this point. So these two are villains, and it's Commissard. She's the villainess. And one of the names in the history of cult cinema cavalcade I have hated type the most Troxardis. It's bizarre, the spelling of it. I wanted to go to just T, but then I realized I would forget the name and have to go look it up constantly. Troxardis. T R O X A R T A S. Pain in the ass. It's pronounced Troxardis, but everyone says it in the movie like Truxardis. Like Truckasaurus is the <laughs> evil wizard. He's got a guy who's hung up on the wall in the background and. Commissar says he has everything. Why even bother with Deathstalker and whatnot? He says, uh, Toxardus says, it's not about being rich. And then stabs the guy in the wall, killing him. And he says, the magic city is power and he needs it. Deathstalker then comes upon a, a, a tent the next day and meets Princess Elizina, who is super pampered and looks exactly like her sister, Princess Carissa. And she's on her way to marry Troxardus. When Makut, the head of Troxardus Knights, shows up at the village and says they're looking for the bandit, a Deathstalker hides in Elizana's tent and keeps her quiet as she tries to bite his hand. Her guard tries to peek in to see what she's doing, and as he's checking on her, he sees Deathstalker and her humping with her boob out. I mean, I guess this was just to make it... I don't know. I don't know why this was happening. <laughs> How did she go from biting his hand to, okay, haunt me. All right. Well, I don't think it was, I don't think they were actually doing it. I guess they were just pretending to do it. So yeah, they the were pretending, but wouldn't... how did she go? How did she go along with it? Cause she was like fighting, biting his hand. How do you go from that to <laughs> just, just fake hump for a sec? They could just, you know, make out like, no, no, we got to make the guards buy it. We got to, we got to pull one of those titties out. Like, I don't, I don't understand. How about your sister is dead? I need your help. What? Then she listens, and then maybe that makes sense. But this is Deathstalker. This is a Roger Corman produced movie. They're not real big on stuff making sense. The knight then peeks in, and Deathstalker's hiding under the covers, and he says, Oh, sorry to disturb you, my lady, and leaves. Deathstalker then says, She looks like someone he knows, and she says her sister died a long time ago. 
She then freaks out on him, but Deathstalker escapes, and he slickly evades the capture by hopping off his horse and jumping into a tree. We should also note that when he jumps, like, on the branch of the tree, it's maybe, what would you say, two feet max above the trail? And he is, like, almost bumping the heads of the guys passing under him. No, if, if he would just to dangle his hand down, he could grab the bat helmet and put it on and just run off with it. This bird flies by, and it has, like, the most fucked up chirp. Is that the hawk that has like the mirror or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. When, when I saw the the flying hawk, I was hoping that the Beastmaster would show up. That there'd be some kind of crossover. No, it's just more Deathstalker. Just being uncharismatic and unlikable. Turns out Troxardis is able to see through the hawk in his cauldron. He says, you can hide from ordinary men, not me. Far greater warriors have given their lives for me. Let him stand against them. And goes to his dungeon where there are like sarcophaguses and he's going to raise them. An army of the dead in my power. I, who took your lives, give them back to you. Rise. And he does something and nothing happens. <laughs> It's this epic, like, oh, it's going to happen, and nothing. And then the commissar says, there are limits to your strength. Not until you find the second stone. One man, and he's like, one man is not going to stop me. Now, he talks about these guys, like, he took their lives. Later in the movie, they all claim Deathstalker killed them. Yeah, and also, why would he just have them in a dungeon? And it's not like their bodies are piled up. There are, you know, I mean, I don't want to call them caskets, tombs i mean i don't know what you, exactly what you'd want to say but you know they're not they're not just laying around someone took the time to make a structure to put these dead bodies in they're not trophies i don't they're not former royalty or anything they're just some punks yeah there's a bunch <laughs> of dead chumps in the basement that would be a good name for the movie death stalker and the dead chumps in the basement we could cross over with dead dudes in the house Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, and by the way, you know when she said there are limits to your powers, there appear to be nothing but limits to his powers. He does maybe three magical things in this movie, and this is one of them, and it barely qualifies as magic. Duststalker finds some horses and then finds some horses and then is shot at by some haggard woman and her daughter with bows. And the daughter searches him for a knife and is enamored with his crotch. And, says, <laughs> and, and the old woman goes, I've seen your kind before. And the daughter's like, I haven't. She stares deep into his dong. She's getting fresh scent, everything. <laughs> Apparently, the one thing that no one else made contact with in this movie is Deathstalker's dong. That's why no one is is digging his vibe. Everyone's like, F this guy. I don't want to be around him. But she gets just a, a snoot full of the pheromones getting pumped out of his dong. And she's all about Deathstalker the rest of the movie. They find the diamond on him. He tells them that if they let him borrow a horse, he'll bring them back a bunch of them. Now, the woman pleads that he stays the night and she'll give him a horse in the morning. They have dinner and this is... All right. In a movie full of shit jokes, I, I like the... You boil a hell of a potato. I'm doping more for breakfast. <clears throat> well, perhaps in the morning I can catch you a rabbit. 
You want to eat a rabbit? Potatoes are what we eat. Just a wild idea. Because <laughs> all they have on their plate is potatoes. And apparently that's all they ever cook. There's a good chance that their home is built out of potatoes. I don't think Matt Damon had this many potatoes in The Martian. There are so many potatoes in this scene, it would make an Irishman blush. And while the mother's asleep, of course the daughter goes and bones Deathstalker. Which, what a weird kisser he is. Oh no, he looks like he's going to unhinge his jaw and fully ingest her. Every girl he kisses like, ah, ah, like, she's not a Pac-Man pellet. Like he's trying to suck the moisture out of them. Maybe he's a vampire. He's got like his lips like bent into his mouth when he's doing it. And it's like, it's really fucked up. Maybe he had a canker sore that he was just, you know, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to make too much contact here. I mean, I want to get, I want to kiss her, but it's going to sting. Also, <laughs> how teased was her hair in this movie. It looks oh, like... Oh, she, she had 80s hair. It looks like she should have been in a White Snake video. Oh, yeah. Next morning, the knights have surrounded the house. The old haggard woman's wondering what they did with her daughter. And he goes, I'm looking for an outlaw. She goes, yeah, so am I. And Deathstalker and the daughter, whose name is Marinda, have fled to the hills. And he takes a horse... And Marinda has to see what's beyond the valley and goes with him. They escape with knights in pursuit. Deathstalker then stops randomly in the middle of this and tells her to go on back as he presses on so she doesn't lose her innocence. I think she lost that last night. She humped in a barn. How much less innocent can you get? Deathstalker has stopped to eat. When someone on horseback comes up on him, it's Princess Elizana, whose horse is spooked and runs off. She tells Deathstalker that her bodyguards are dead because the knights came back and killed them since Deathstalker had gotten away. They have a bit of flirtatious talk. Uh, while in bed with Commissard, Troxardis feels the stone coming closer and smoke starts rolling under his door. So he checks his potential army of the dead. He says, live! And they come to life as lightning strikes and ghosts float around and they bust out of the tombs. And he's like, there, your quest begins! And Commissard's concerned about him marrying the princess, which he assures means nothing. He's in it for the stone and the bone, right? (laughs) Am I right? Okay. But (laughs) she knows Deathstalker has it. If the girl doesn't have it, he'll deal with Deathstalker and throw her away. That army of the dead scene. There's ghosts and zombies. Like, what? (laughs) Like, make a huge mind movie. What undead are we doing here? Like, Cause I was like, "Oh, the ghosts are coming up out of the..." T- no, there's zombies too. Like, what? so that happened at the campsite. Deathstalker burns his hand on the stone. Princess Elizana says she's not telling him anything about the stone, and then reveals her sister got it from their father before he died. Everybody thinks it's easy being a princess. I don't want to marry a man I've never met, and if she marries Traxardus, she thinks he'll leave her people alone. He'll leave him alone when he kills him. I mean, right? Traxardus, he's not a good guy. I don't think he cares about her people you don't even see him talking about her people no he he cares about power apparently i think he wants to live forever i think that's his game with getting the stones i was never really clear on his goal in this movie were you no but then we we never got to see him combine the three stones and use it so maybe he was just keeping it to himself maybe he's like the anti-bond villain where he's not going to tell his whole plan before killing (laughs) I don't know. The next morning, a princess is walking away and gets snatched up by two ravaging rapist dudes. Because it's a Deathstalker movie, and we're overdue for attempted rape. 
in a Death right. Stalker they're, movie. They're like, shit, did we get this far and not have that? <laughs> that should have been in the first reel. Why are we just doing this now? It should have opened with this. Traxardis pulls up on his horse while one dude is on top of her, and the other guy's like this little bearded, jiggly dude, and he's like, Pocket! Pocket! Like, is that what he... Like, what? I don't... I don't don't know what he's saying. He's just making sounds. But he makes about as much sense as anything else in this movie. I'll tell you, he makes a bigger impression than some of the lead characters do in this movie for me. It's like, shh. And he's on screen for like 20 seconds. Yes, he's more important than... What's his name? I'll just call him Gandalf, because I, I don't remember his name, because everyone's name in this movie makes no damn sense. Nicias. Sure, great. I won't remember that. Anyway, every character in this movie, their name is just nonsense. It's just sounds. Deathstalker. That's the name that makes the most sense in this movie. Every Which this this movie, by the way, assures us that Deathstalker one, Deathstalker two, and Deathstalker three are all the same Deathstalkers. They constantly talk about oh this again, or every time it's a princess. Oh. We're tying this all in, huh? Well, maybe he's like the Dread Pirate Roberts, where it's a title that's handed down to others. Okay, huh? okay. Huh? So it's not its not that he went from lifting weights to just focusing on cardio. No, th- this title is handed down once they went to retire. That would be a good thing to include in the movie. Instead, they just recast. Troxardis men shoot up the two dudes with arrows. Troxardis realizes who she is, and she realizes who he is, and they head back to the castle, which Troxardis in the scene is dressed as if he is trying out for Jafar in Aladdin. (laughs) That's right. He's just, he's really into um, Middle Eastern culture. He's got a a, a turban, but, but also he's wearing a coat. I don't know what the hell you'd call it, but it looks like it's made out of dryer lint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, later he'll also dress like he's ready to give a thumbs down at the Roman Colosseum after a gladiator battle. Like, this guy is anything but, like, accurate period to this movie. And this period is generic fantasy sword and sorcery movie. That's what this period is, and he doesn't get that right. The time period of this movie is Renaissance Festival. That's the time period of this movie. And I'd I'd also like to ask, uh, what time of year is it? Because he has a full coat that is made of what is supposed to be fur. Meanwhile, we've got the potato-eating big hair woman wearing, what, like a leather bikini. He's either going to die of dehydration from sweating or she's going to die from exposure because she's not wearing enough fucking clothing. What temperature is it? We want to know. <laughs> These are the answers that we need, Deathstalker. Build your universe! If you could answer one question for us, Deathstalker 3, what temperature is it? That's it! This would be be the best thing here at some convention. We only have time for one question, folks. We're really sorry. We went over. Big fans have been waiting to hear from this forever. Uh, You in the back, sir. Uh, What temperature is it supposed to be in the movie? (laughs) Oh, yeah, and speaking of the clothing, uh, Deadstalker appears to be wearing tights. I'd like to meet the uh, the person that developed the tights for Deadstalker because apparently they have access to Lycra spandex in the year, I don't know, the, in the Middle Ages or whenever the F this takes place. 
at the castle, Commissard instructs the princess to get in the tub. And she goes, I think I miss a bath more than I miss food. And she tries to get Commissard to do stuff, to which she keeps getting a cold response. And Commissard reports to Troxardis that she doesn't have the stone. And you didn't keep it for yourself, did you? Because Troxardis is like, what is she trying to do here, huh? And he commands to get her dressed in something beautiful and soft. And she's like, so you can go to bed with her? And Deathstalker is outside at this time, beginning to infiltrate the castle. And he overhears Troxardis giving an order to a guy to go find him the next day. So, be on the lookout, Deathstalker. And then we have, uh, you know, something every Deathstalker movie has to have. The not-so-much-tavern-but-banquet-ballroom-drinking scene with lots of, like, loosely-dressed women and fat, ugly, drunk dudes. <laughs> yes. But they didn't bring back the stock footage of the pig man. Yeah, the, yeah. there's no Gamorrean guard in this, but there's still plenty of women having their rights violated. And thank goodness, yeah. Deathstalker. What a proud tradition you're carrying on. Thank you. Drunk, drunk dudes, topless women, and minstrel music. Must be Deathstalker. <laughs> well, at least the music in this scene makes sense. There was a scene earlier in this movie, the... Uh, when the, when the dead are coming back to life with all the ghosts and all that crazy crap, it sounds like it's the music from uh, Jack Horkheimer's Star Hustler. But instead, you know, this this dreamy uh, space music when the dead are rising from the grave. Yeah, well, because they use Be- Battle Beyond the Stars music in this movie. Another Roger Corman movie. And that music, um, man, he loves using it because it's in a lot of his other movies. <laughs> Funny enough, here at this place, the haggard mother is there, and a guy tries to hit on her, and she stabs him. And Deathstalker wanders the halls and is caught by Truxardis. Deathstalker. Oh, I'm sure we've met. I, I can't quite recall the name. Truxardis. <laughs> <laughs> this is my home. Uh, I'd like to talk to you. That's very kind. I, I was just on my way in for a little dinner, but maybe later. I think now. Oh, crap. This is this confrontation's already happening. The knights then surround a stalker, so he has to go have his talk with Troxardis. And Stalker notices that a guy he killed is alive and well downstairs. Princess Elizana enters, dressed up like a belly dancer. Troxardis lets him know he's there to kill him for the stone. And this is the, the scene where he's wearing... That shirt that turns into a miniskirt, right? Correct? Yep. That is a deep slit that's going up the side of that shirt. A mild breeze. You would see full cheek. That's how short it is. You uh, you, you grow out of your nightgown, dude. You might want to... Exactly. Yeah, it got shrunk in the laundry. I mean, it is so short. I expected just, just the tip of his dick just to be poking out underneath it. Speaking of tip, Stalker draws his sword, but a guy who comes from the bookcase behind him knocks him out. <laughs> it is the laziest knockout I think I've ever seen. He hits him with the butt of a sword, but it's not even close to his head. It's like between his shoulder and his spine. So this guy either knows pressure points or this is a shitty movie. It's a lazy knockout rivaling blinded by rage. And if you get that reference... Send me an email. You can have a shirt. Troxardis searches him for the stone and finds it. Let me kill him, says the knight. And then Troxardis says, not on the carpet, you idiot. The stones don't fit together. Troxardis realizes, oh, there's a third stone. (laughs) A a twist that no one cares about. Deathstalker wakes up on a torture table with Troxardis' mistress, Commissard. She wants to know where the third stone is, so she dips the necklace in something. 
Did you know what that was? No. This necklace looks like it was made out of pasta and spray-painted bronze with some spiky points on it. Well, she touches Deckstalker with it, and it shocks him. And she goes to put acid on him, but he manages to knock it out of her hand and break free. He dunks her in the cauldron and then gets her tied up on the wall. And he gags her, and then he runs his hand down her chest and runs off. Like, did you notice that? Like, up, I'm on. Yeah, and he's like, well, there's a woman in the room. I better be lecherous before I head out. (laughs) And then guess what, Colin? What's that? We get a special effects shot. <laughs> well, there have been three in the movie. I mean, this was like like post-production when Nicias appears. There's that red star thing, and it was like, whoa, wow. He appears in the hallway and is immediately captured <laughs> by a gleeful Trox artist in Knights. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm here! Oh. I think we are to assume that he disappeared at the beginning of the movie because he appears the same way he disappeared, you know, spinning like a whirling dervish. So it looks like he just like, like, oh man, I got to get away from Truxardis' men. And then he just immediately just appears right in their arms. He couldn't have made it easier for them. They didn't even have to bring him back to the castle. He just showed up for them. I'm under a spell. I can no more talk about the third stone than I can bite my own teeth. Trox Artis is trying to get something out of him, but he's just getting nothing. And outside, Deathstalker's watching some trashy fellas who are the dead guys, and then bumps into Marinda, who he sucks face with right away, and she <laughs> says she's been following him. And the guy, and you know what's funny? The mom's already there. Like, the mom beat Marinda to this place who was following Deathstalker was the I think is the mother dead I thought she was she was one of the undead no 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 she's just dirty and old (laughs) (laughs) oh uh, by the way I didn't realize until this scene that those were the warriors from hell me either yeah like like this was the scene where it's like oh I, I guess this is them. Even like earlier in the movie when they were rising from the dead and there were ghosts and stuff going on. Like, okay, well, he's doing this. Like, warriors from hell. I mean, there's it's got to be like a like an army of like demons. Like, no, it, it's just a bunch of dead guys with burlap sacks and floppy hats. And these are warriors from hell. They recognize Deathstalker and have a conversation about Troxardis bringing them back to life. You're always a good judge of men, Deathstalker. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I'm halfway through movie three, and I'm not sure about that. These guys are fine, but not all of them are cool with being alive again. Uh, they said they're looking for a wizard, but Stalker tells them they've already found him and convinces the guys that they should fight with him, but there's a jar with their souls in it that he has to get first because they're under control of Troxardis. Then they get into Troxardis mode and decide they're going to fight Deathstalker. Doesn't the fact that their souls are in a jar, like, the way that the undead guy is talking to Deathstalker about their souls, he says... You know, Truck Sardis has them in a jar. It sounds like he just has it in an old mayonnaise jar. Or just... like a pickle jar. Just like, eh. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like, well, he, he he didn't have an old margarine tub to put our souls in. So he found a jar that he was done with. He he dumped the brine out and our souls fit in it. So that's just where he keeps it. Deathstalker sends Marinda off 
And then he draws to fight the dead guys. And back at the tavern, a guy drops off the body of Deathstalker on the table. Troxardus says to put the body in the crypt. He'll deal with it later. In the crypt, Princess Elizana says she's glad he's dead. But he arises and tells her it was Troxardus that killed her sister. He says, you know, Carissa was worth 10 of you. And she still doesn't believe him. And she hits him over the head. Up in his room, Troxardus is pouring smoke all around Nicias and some liquid. And when Commissar tries to tell him about Deathstalker tying her up, he's like, not now, my magic is working. <laughs> Finally. I don't even think he says it with that much gusto, but uh, theater. Elizana comes up to the door and hears... Troxardis talk about killing her so she's like oh shit she goes back to wake Deathstalker and he's like take me to Nicias he stops by the tavern and asks the dead guys to keep the princess safe for a minute till he gets back from getting their souls free uh, Nicias is about to reveal the location of the third stone uh, the castle the tower I, I hid the stone in and then Deathstalker enters he fights off the guards and shuts them in he wakes Nicias and grabs the stones Stalker leaves Nicias and goes outside to fight Nicias while Marinda is above picking them off with arrows. Outside, guys with torches begin storming the castle. They came from... I think they came from the Princess Elizana's Kingdom of Tents. I... I I, I guess after thinking about it for a while watching this i'm like where'd they come from who would i'm like i guess that's the only place that we know there's a population that would be doing this i know but how do they know where the princess is or that she's in danger she wasn't with them when she was taken so how would they know there there wasn't there wasn't like a courier that told them are they just guessing like well it's either the tents that we're in or Truxardus's castle so let's go attack his castle maybe she's lost in the woods who knows I think it would be more important to know what the temperature is I need a universe built do it <laughs> Deathstalker helps let them in through the locked doors big battle ensues and in the middle of the town the fighting stops and Deathstalker and Truxardus face off Stalker breaks the jar of souls the dead warriors then join team Stalker and the battle rages on again. Here's another question, Brandon. When did Deathstalker actually get the jar of souls? We never see it. He just ditches the princess like, all right, well, I'm going to go get the, the, the souls. It's never told where the hell they are. He just figures it out. We just take it like, oh, well, he found it. He uses his soul sensing. I mean, he stalks death, apparently. Is that how he did it? It's in the same scene with the thermometer. There was a ther... <laughs> I would love if he just walked by just a meteorologist. I would like it like a piece of duct tape on the jar and it just says like souls, souls. and like marker. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to get it confused with the, the with the pickles. And vinegar, pickles, souls. They're both green. So, you know, he doesn't want to like, oh, I'm going to have a sandwich, put a pickle on it. Oh, shit. I let the souls out. Wow. Heck. Troxardus escapes to the castle. Nicias is in the room with a spear and he kills a guy. Troxardus has Makut take him. Uh, Deathstalker shows up at the window and he and Troxardus sword fight. Apparently every window, we'll get to the sword fight in a moment, but I just think that every window in this castle, apparently there's a staircase leading up to it. And a Deathstalker to pop out. Yeah, that seems to be Deathstalker's preferred way of entering a room is through a window. But then they go and do one of the worst sword fights ever, I believe. Oh my. Okay, we're going to hit like we're going to roll in like 5 minutes. You guys just want to like come up with something. 
this is it's, oh my gosh it's like one take you know like, like all right that's that's enough like you want us to do another one for safety or different like uh, let's keep going they got the point you're fighting with swords let's keep going just during the fight like he grabbed something to throw at Traxardus and it's the third stone where did that come from what Apparently that's the tower that they're in. Nicias leaves with the guard and then Deathstalker heads out the door too. And then him and Traxxars continue fighting and the swords in the dungeon. This is just winging it. Like there's nothing fun about this fight. The highlight of the sword fight between Deathstalker and Traxxars is when Traxxars, he has a sword in each hand and then he just, <laughs> he, he, he does the crane technique. He put, Points his arms down and he lifts one leg in the air. This was after the Karate Kid, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. God, I hope they took that. I just hope that Tom Christopher is a huge Karate Kid fan. Uh, it's like, I know what I'll do. There's nothing that can beat this technique. Cullen, the Makut shows up to join the fight, but he gets hit and shot dead with an arrow because the little kid, you remember him? Oh, God, yeah. He popped up. He did it. And then he, that's it. I think he disappears from the movie. He's like Steve Buscemi from Billy Madison. He, he takes his shot, gives the thumbs up, and goes away. He finds Nicias, and he's being held by knife to the throat by Commissard. And Traxar shows up again, and they just, they just keep boring us to tears with this goddamn fight. Uh, dead guy shows up to help, but then Traxxars leaves. Deathstalker follows, and the dead guy <laughs> The dead scares. guy comes out of nowhere! The dead guy scares off Commissard. Stalker and Traxxars' endless fight just continues. This seriously, I think they visit just about every damn set in the movie through this fight. Like, I was expecting yeah. him to return to the village from the beginning, and then Miranda's barn... <laughs> possibly that's the only two sets that they didn't fight in i will say this like you said they fight in every set in this movie they don't fight in any set from a previous death stalker movie this is yeah all new footage this is the only death stalker movie that does not recycle footage from other death stalker movies Miranda shows up and throws Deathstalker a sword but Traxxardus slices her Deathstalker stabs him dead as they like gaze longingly into each other's eyes, walking in a circle and holding each other's blades. It's like they, they found each other's soul, you know? Like, they just, like, look at each other like, I've been looking for you all my life. Yeah, like, we should jar up this moment. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, he's dead. As Marinda dies, she says, Oh, my life wasn't worth yours, little one. I love you. But there's two girls I have potential with in this movie, and one of you had to go. <laughs> Even though I liked them better, because at least she was into Deathstalker. I mean, they don't have any chemistry. He has chemistry with no one. The only chemistry he might have is with a mirror. And even then, I don't know if it would be that good. Stalker stares one last time at Marinda's body before a guy in the crew picks her up and tosses her in a fire. Did you notice this guy? He was just normally dressed. <laughs> walks up to pick up the body and help throw it in the fire. I did not I did not notice how he was dressed. Is he wearing like, like slacks? I, I think or he's a got a costume, but it looks like they just threw him a belt to have on with his dockers and <laughs> white shirt. 
Like he puts the belt on around his waist. Like, no, 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 put it up higher. If you have it around your abdomen, then it looks medieval. Oh, okay. Deathstalker tosses her bow in the fire. Anisius tells him, it is you who has earned the right to put these together. And even this magic can't give me what I need. And he puts together the stones. An explosion happens in the sky with a shiny light. And where the tent kingdom once was before, there's castles and stuff. Is that what happened? Yeah, that was the... So Princess Elizena and Cursa's tent place was the Magic Kingdom. Because the stones weren't together, it would not show up. I didn't get that at all. I thought that when the stones come together that something would happen that would show them how to get to this kingdom that's full of jewels and gold or whatever. But I mean, what happens is they put the stones together, a big light shines in the sky, and I thought, okay, well, this light will take them to wherever this kingdom is. As far as I knew, it was just stone, light, and then over there in the distance, that's where the the kingdom is. Like, what? I did not put that together at all. I got that the first time. I mean, I didn't have to read anything. I just was like, oh, yeah. They never visit that place any time in the movie for anything. But I'll come out in this area and I saw some tents and then it superimposed two castles over it. Oh, okay. That must be their kingdom. <laughs> we'll just take their word for it. Then they're magically there and the princess asks Deathstalker to stay with her and he goes, Stay with me. And live in peace and prosperity. He told me once it's not easy being a princess. Not easy being a hero either. Who knows? Maybe there's another treasure city waiting for me out there. There isn't. Not that you've seen. Who knows? <laughs> he takes it. He takes off, and then Carvasard, who somehow was allowed to live through all this, is hanging out with the good guys and tells Nicias like she would have never killed him, and she finds him very attractive. Like. What? what? Why is she here? What? Yeah, why is she here and why is she hitting on the wizard? Uh, we'll never know as Deathstalker rides off into the woods and the hills as a synth flute plays over the credits. Yes, he uh, he rides into the sunset twice. That's how they end it. As the credits emerge from the ground where the horizon meets yeah. the ground. And you can't not read the credits until they hit the white sky because the credits are red over a green background. Not real easy to read, folks. Can we talk about the death of Truxardis? So he gets stabbed, and apparently it, it takes him a moment to realize what's happening, or something is like a, I don't know, a firecracker goes off. <laughs> That's, that's what seems to happen. Like his head, it's just like a, like an M80 goes off in his head. Right, yeah. And when, when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, awesome, it looks like his head blows up. Like, no, it just looks like a real shitty firework goes off where he was standing. And then he falls, and then he becomes part of the Matrix? Like, what the fuck was that? He just turns pixelated and green and then just goes away. That is one of the, I think it's the fourth magical thing that he does in the movie. He dies magically. What a, what a pant load of a villain this guy is. <laughs> I'd say of all of the Deathstalker villains, which are always wizards for some fucking reason. Magic. They're all, all of the wizards are pretty poor at magic. The, the first, the first guy was better, but the others, especially this one, just, just pant loads. 
Because he, he does almost no magic! He's useless! I understand why he wants the stones. He wants to be a proper sorcerer, not some little bitch. Deathstalker and the Little Bitch Wizard. That's a title. Little <laughs> Bitch Wizard. Yeah, the villain, I mean, was the villain in the first one the best so far? <sighs> See, the villain on the first one was... Was Mon- Monkor, and he was the... He was the pudgy guy with the snake on his face, right? Yeah. Okay, who was the second one? I don't remember who the second one was. He's that slimy looking dude. I do not remember much about him. Oh, Will you remember much about Troxardis? <laughs> I remember that his name is really stupid. That's what I remember about him. Also, I neglected to mention this earlier, but I think it is worth mentioning that Tom Christopher, who plays Truxardis in this movie, also played another evil wizard in Wizards of the Lost Kingdom from the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. He's Krabby. He's the Crabhead guy. And not reused footage from this. And not reused footage from this, even though Wizards of the Lost Kingdom reused footage from the other Deathstalker movies. And yet somehow this is the only Deathstalker movie without reused footage. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Tom Christopher with a crab hat is a more intimidating wizard than he is in this movie. That's how unimpressive he is in this film. That's not a recommendation for watching that movie without Mystery Science Theater. Oh, no. No, not at all. Now comes the point in the show where we rate the movie we just discussed. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our options are as follows. Stay with your family, which means, like Nicias at the beginning of this movie, you just want to go poof and disappear for the duration. Converted, which means you down with maybe Marion Truck's artists. You know, that's just the way things go. You kind of like it. And drinking the Kool-Aid, which means you're putting all three stones together, making some magic, and then heading to the hills. Cullen, how do you rate Deathstalker 3, The Warriors from Hell? Well, I'll start by saying that this is maybe the least recycled Deathstalker movie. I mean, other than the first one, of course, because that's where all the, the recycled footage comes from. However, it is still a green movie because they do recycle other stuff. Uh, You know, as we mentioned earlier, there's music from Battle Beyond the Stars. There's music from Dune in this movie. There's also the exterior of Trixardis' castle is from The Raven, another Roger Corman movie. So there's still plenty of, well, we got it in the can. Let's put it in this movie. The Deathstalker in this movie... What a turd. Someone you almost instantly dislike and wish nothing but bad things to happen to him. When the princess smashed the vase over his head, I was glad. Uh, like, good. Enough bad things cannot happen to Deathstalker. I will say that this is the least rapey of the Deathstalkers, so that's another bonus in the column. But this is just a, a, a really meandering movie with an 
uninteresting villain. There's no one to root for. The stakes should be high, even though really these people are like, well, we live in tents, but we want to live in a city full of jewels and gold. Fuck you. Do some work. Just, just fuck you. That's what I say to the people of that kingdom. Even when they get their kingdom, it's supposed to be all fancy and full of jewels. It's just plywood. It looks like crap. That's what they deserve because they're crap people. So that's <laughs> So I say I stay with my family. This stalker of the warriors from hell, you go to hell. Brandon, how do you rate this movie? Well, you said it used music from the movie Dune, so it has a Dietzian quality to it. Copyright Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Deathstalker 3, The Warriors from Hell. I recommended the first Deathstalker. I gave it a I gave it a converted. I drank Kool-Aid on Deathstalker 2. That was a lot of fun. I would rewatch that one in a second. Deathstalker 3, what the fuck is it? It gives the idea that, hey, we, we know you like Deathstalker 2. We're going to try to do more of this, but it's not. It's so boring. Dull, it feels like you've been here before, just with lesser filmmakers, which is saying something. Lesser actors, lesser nudity, lesser violence, and the most dull sword fight hero versus villain endgame battle maybe I've ever seen. I was checked out 15 minutes into this movie, but I had to press on. It was so boring. I think this might be one of the most boring movies I've had to sit through for this show. It's just dull. There's nothing, there's nothing here. It's just so lifeless. I, I'm repeating myself. That's how boring this movie is. I can't, I stay with my family. As warriors from hell have put me through hell. And oh man, what a start to our third year. Awesome. The movie is so uninteresting. It's not even that good of a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. It's not a bad episode. It's just not very memorable. And even in the host segments, they don't even really reference the movie or do any bits about it other than they keep referencing Renaissance Festival stuff. That's the biggest takeaway from this movie. It feels like a Renaissance Festival. Go to a Renaissance Festival. There's at least life there. (laughs) That's right. It'll be more lively, it'll be more colorful, and it will be more believable than Deathstalker and the Warriors from Hell. This movie just has no energy at all to it. And this is a movie with sword fights and people barely wearing anything and you just can't get going. And I guess it's not easy to make one of these trashy sword and sorcery movies. <laughs> well, if you would just have a villain that had some kind of goal that you understood that would have helped so much if it would have had that and it would have had a reason for Deathstalker to achieve his goal cool that would have been something you can't even hang your hat on that I need to get the stones when I have the stones together it all makes us like oh what happens power well like what I just power what are they gonna do and then what what was he gonna do when he put all the stones together and then gave a kingdom back to the people he was traumatizing (laughs) yeah would that happen when anyone put it together (laughs) (laughs) did he realize he was gonna do some good you don't have to have magical abilities to use these stones we know that because Deathstalker put them together and then hey that town appeared what would happen if Truxardus put the the stones together would the town not appear bullshit your movie's bullshit Watch out, soldier. She's dead. <laughs> dead? You're not going to sleep with my wife. <laughs> On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing... Shh, don't tell her it's me.
also known as The Boyfriend School, starring Steve Gutenberg from 1990. Joining us for discussion will be Jessica Altman from Well, We Tried. So thanks for kicking off year three with us. We appreciate it. And thanks for Tom LaBrie for stopping by. This episode has come to an end. We look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer for Don't Tell Her It's Me. The trailer that actually trails. Hi, I'm Gus Kubicek. I just met the girl of my dreams. But there's one little problem. Gus is such a nice guy. A terrifically nice guy. But I'm I'm sort of involved with someone already. So my crazy sister decided to turn me into every woman's fantasy. I can make Emily fall in love with you. Uh, what we're gonna need is instant devastation. Let the transformation begin. Names Lobo. Lobo Marunga. What are you doing? I thought you'd show me the scenic wonders here, Bats. Uh, oh no, I have to get back to work. You seem to be searching for something that's in the eyes. I would suggest a pair of bikini briefs. Are you gay? No, I am not. Wait, are you free of disease? I've got an ingrown toenail, but Emily, I am... Don't talk. That's all I wanted to know. I don't like lying to her. Lizzie, I cannot do this anymore. It is over. You are inches away from where you want to be. And I hate that it's Lobo she's crazy about, not the real me. She loves beard stubble and had a pair of contact lenses. Emily, please, I've got to tell her the truth. If she finds out for herself, I'm a dead man. But do me a favor. If you see her first, don't tell her it's me. Hemdale Film Corporation presents Steve Gutenberg, Jamie Gertz, Kyle McLaughlin, and Shelley Long as Lizzie. Don't tell her it's me. listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. First, there was Deathstalker, an RIAA Gold Award winner. Then, there was Deathstalker 2, a repeat rental success that rolled the charts for months. Now, the trilogy of rentability is completed with Deathstalker 3. Deathstalker and the Little Bitch Wizard. Here I go again, riding hundreds of miles. <laughs> Fighting whole armies. <laughs> Up against magic, maybe. John Ellen Nelson of TV's Santa Barbara is... Death!
Deathstalker 3. Deathstalker and the Little Bitch Wizard. <laughs>